Kisat Podcast Network. Lions and Tigers and Bears MIs brought to you through a collaboration between the Mountain Plains, ATTC, and NFAR Tech. In episode 19, Paul and Amy welcome two guests to discuss simple and complex reflections. For episode resources, links to episodes, contact us, and other information, please visit the Lions and Tigers and Bears MI website at mtplainsattc.org forward slash podcast. and Tigers and Bears, MI, an interactive podcast focused on the evidence-based practice of motivational interviewing, a method of communication that guides toward behavior change while honoring autonomy. I'm Amy Shanahan. And I'm Paul Warren. And we've worked together over the past 10 years. We've been facilitating MI learning collaboratives and providing trainings and coaching sessions focused on the adoption and refinement of MI we're also members of the Motivational Interviewing Network of Trainers. Join us in this adventure into the forest where we explore and get curious about what lies behind the curtain of MI. Hello, Amy. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Great. It feels like it's been a long time since we recorded, and I have been looking forward to this today. Well, as I said earlier in our preparatory meeting, I have been looking forward to this all day because I am so excited to announce that we have two guests on the podcast today, and I'll give each of them a moment to introduce themselves. I know that one of them, because this is her third, let me underline that, third appearance, <laughs> Billy Joe Smith is joining us. And we're very, very excited and happy to have Ioka Solomon joining us for this podcast recording, this episode, which is going to focus on reflections, simple and complex. So I'll turn things over to Billy Joe and then to Ioka to just take a moment to just briefly introduce themselves. And then we'll dive right in to reflections. Well, thank you, Paul and Amy, for having me back, as you mentioned, for a third time. Uh, it feels like quite an honor to be here, not once, not twice, but now three. So I'm going to hang my hat on that. Um, and I very much look forward to this really engaging conversation about such a valuable skill that we use in motivational interviewing reflections. So thanks to you both. All right. I guess that's my my cue to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I am Ayoka Solomon. I'm very excited to be here today and just kind of discuss motivational interviewing and specifically reflections as well. Um, should I share anything else about myself? I leave that entirely up to you. Sure. Um, so I am a licensed social worker in the state of New York. I'm very passionate about mental health um, on both fronts, the administrative side and the clinical side. And I'm also a motivational interviewing enthusiast. <laughs> and that is oh, why you're yeah. here. <laughs> I love that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> Royalties. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, I suppose if we're going to have guests on this show, we probably want them to be motivational interviewing enthusiasts. <laughs> so, Ioka, you are our first self-proclaimed motivational interviewing enthusiast. And let me just note, you proclaimed that on your first visit to the podcast, <laughs> not yes. your second or your third. Yes. Maybe maybe by the fourth or fifth, I will take on that title, but we'll see. Well, as you know, if you do, Billy Joe, you will be paying royalties to use it. <laughs> to Ioka Solomon. Got <laughs> aficionado. Yes. yes. Oh, yes, yes. So, Amy, what are your thoughts? How should we begin this conversation? Well, I, first of all, I want to welcome you both. Thank you, Billy Joe, for coming back. Ioka, it's such a pleasure to meet you and hear your beautiful podcast voice and they can't see your beautiful face, but I can you too, Billy <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I think it would be nice to start talking about simple and complex reflections. What are they? And mm. I'd be curious and I'm always curious about how folks describe them. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to refrain from sharing something that when I was talking to a lay person that wasn't an MI enthusiast. He didn't even know what MI was. He had questions about the terminology. So I'm curious, how do you describe simple and complex? I know that I think that's a great question, Amy, because even with doing trainings um, and learning motivational interviewing over the years, um, finding ways that truly capture the idea of a reflection, right? Aside from the the idea of it being like a mirror, right? This idea of we're offering something up so that the person can hear mm -hmm. what, what they're saying in both a simple way, which I think we're going to get into on this podcast, so I don't want to dive in too deep, but either with just kind of what it is that they're saying or maybe going a little bit below the surface and incorporating what we think might be lying underneath there. Just a thought. <laughs> Thanks for that thought. Yeah. I think when I think of simple versus complex reflections, I think it's um, a way to communicate that we're listening, right? Definitely. I think that that's what I think of, like, how do you convey that you're listening? And you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can, again, stick really close to what the person has said, or like, Billy Joe said, offer an interpretation, <laughs> which would mm -hmm. be the complex. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because when I'm engaging in a learning community conversation about reflections, again, one of the four core communication skills of motivational interviewing that Bill Miller and Stephen Rolnick did not invent. They simply... <sighs> I know, I know. Insert shock noise. I know. <laughs> I think it's been inserted. <laughs> um, they did not invent these and they've never claimed to. And the thing that's so fascinating is people, and we've talked about this in earlier episodes, people think because they're using these skills that they are practicing motivational interviewing. And again, without the intention behind using the skills. They're really not. One of the things that I like to particularly emphasize 
with reflections before I even get into what Billy Joe and Ioka, what you've kind of started to lay out already is the differentiation between simple and complex. I like to emphasize that reflections end in a period. They are not questions. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that is, is a powerful place to start because, you know, I don't know about you, but I was trained to come up with questions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. doing reflections is is another skill set. If I could add the thing that the person that's not an MI enthusiast said asked me about. <laughs> he said, "What do, what's this notion of complex reflections? It sounds to me like that means they're harder." because of the word complex. And I, it made me think, hmm, they might be harder because we're slowing ourselves down to listen, to understand and reflect back mm-hmm. with a different meaning than what they're saying. And they shouldn't, don't have to be difficult. I know Steve Rolnick shared with us, let's not get too clever around the use of the skills. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? that comment. I think it's, I think it's insightful and I'll add another piece to it that oftentimes people will make the assumption. And I don't know if you've experienced this in the conversations you've had, they'll make the assumption that a complex reflection is better than a simple reflection. Uh And for, and from my perspective, it's not any better. It's different. It's a different tool at a different moment in the conversation and simple and complex. There are also other kinds of reflections as well. And Paul, I think that hits on what you've already talked about in terms of intention. How can we use, or what, what is our intention when we're using either a simple or a complex? Um, And how does it help to continue to move and guide the conversation? And I think that we can choose either one, depending on, you know, what it is that we're discussing and and how we're hoping it lands on the individuals, you know, that we're talking with. Yeah. Something that I've noticed too with some of the trainees is that people often confuse complex reflections for the length, like how long it is, how much they've said. And I think that that's something that you sometimes have to work through. More is not always better. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I and I love that you said that both be, both of you said that yeah because sometimes more is not better. <laughs> um but I and I love it because as people practice motivational interviewing and again depending on the depth of listening that you're doing a really powerful complex reflection can be really brief. And I wish that this was TV because Amy just did like a little gesture <laughs> indicating brief. Small. Yeah, small, tiny. Brief, small. Yeah, yeah. Ioka's doing it now too. <laughs> so, so by all means, take a moment and do your version of tiny <laughs> distilled little reflection, complex reflection and I can't help but think it goes back to something, Ioka, that you said a moment ago, which is that, and and Billy Joe, you just alluded to this, the in, 
intention behind doing the reflections. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to say off the top of my head, my intention when I'm either doing complex or simple or any other kind is to communicate my understanding to the person. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's what it's about, right? To make sure that the person um, feels that what they're saying is important, that you've heard what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And and to tie in the length of <laughs> yeah. if you've noticed, I, I know that I've noticed when I've heard or used a reflection that was maybe a little bit long, sometimes it lands on the person and they'll say, um, yeah, that sounds about right. And they're not even sure it sounds right because it was too long. Yeah. And, and again, not that we're trying to um, offer you a prescription or a word count for how long a simple or a complex reflection is. That's that's not the point. The point, I think, is, is that our goal and I can't help but think of this this phrase from MI Spirit, which is accurate empathy. Our goal is to accurately reflect back their meaning, not what we think the meaning is, their meaning, as best we can. And Paul, that was kind of coming to mind um, as we were talking about this is when I was early in practicing MI, I think that my reflections were a little bit longer because I wanted to ensure that I was really capturing the essence of what the person was saying. And something else that you had said, Paul, about reflections being statements, they end in a period, not a question mark, that almost by the more words that I threw into this really complex reflection was my way of inquiring, like, did I get that without asking a question? And so getting comfortable in, as I practice the skill, can I refine it to really capture what it is that this person is saying without having to write the Cliff Notes version of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I want to say um, something to Billy Joel's point. I was also thinking about that too, like, the reflection that you offer clients, it doesn't take them out of what they're saying or what they're thinking or what they're describing to us. I feel like sometimes when we like maybe offer um, too long of a statement or sometimes questions, like it can take them out of the moment. And I think that's something that we have to be mindful again. So sometimes the shorter condensed version allows the client to continue their thought process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is the it very much relates to what Amy said. And she was quoting Stephen Rolnick, the mm-hmm. idea of we don't want to be overly clever with it because that's really about us yes. and or about me. <laughs> Let's talk more <laughs> about me. Um, and and we and we want to sort of earn our sort of salt for the day. Exactly. Our pat ourselves on the back like, oh, wasn't that a clever reflection that I did? <laughs> well, guess what? It it can, like you said, Ioka, it can take the person out of their moment. And how effective is my cleverness? Not very. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm wondering? as we're talking about the complex reflection and the deeper meaning and saying something more than what we heard, 
I hear a lot of trainees and I think that that was probably a lot of my discomfort in practicing in front of other people was that you're creating a hypothesis and guessing at the underlying meaning. And I hear a lot of, a lot of folks learning it or practicing it maybe for the first time. Um, not uh, actually, I think Billy Joe and I were in a workshop where folks were saying exclusively, you do not hypothesize what a person says. And we we're saying, no, you do. Um, but they felt uncomfortable with that. Some people do. I wonder what your thoughts are about that. Have you heard that? And and how do you respond to that? And what would you tell listeners about that? I mean, I'll I'll throw out very clearly, I've heard that and I've heard it stressed even slightly differently, which is that I don't want to make an assumption about what somebody else is feeling. And one of the things that I often will say to folks about who are reticent or horrified at the idea of doing that, and it's often, you know, the, the scale between reticence and horrification, if that's a word. Uh, but I will often say to them, what you're really doing is you're offering a hunch based on your honest, authentic, best guess. And, and we're, you know, we are really at this moment, we're focusing on the essence of the complex reflection, which is that added meaning that we may be getting from what the person has communicated to us. Yeah, and I think in the workshop that Amy's talking about, I, and I'm actually surprised Amy hasn't thrown out the quote yet about listening to to what, Amy? We often listen to to, to respond. respond. Um, and so, and the other side of it is what, Amy? Go ahead. <laughs> it's harder to listen to understand. And I would love to steal that, but it's not mine. It's Stephen Covey's. And most people know that, unfortunately. I thought Amy was going to throw that one out there. Um, and I think that in the workshop, kind of playing off of that is really looking at reflections as a way for us to demonstrate that we're trying to understand what a person's saying. Less so than, you know, putting words in people's mouths or telling people how they're feeling. But me just kind of again reflecting or providing back what, what I'm trying to understand what you're saying and offering it back in that way of a of a reflection um and yeah it can be it can be a little nerve-wracking because we don't want to be wrong yeah you know you, you use the the comparison of a mirror it's not just a verbal mirror and I remember someone giving me feedback and shared that I actually was reflecting on someone's body language at times. Like, wow, <laughs> you really lit up when you said that. So listening is hard. And we're paying attention to someone's words. We're paying attention to their body language, the tone of their voice. Did it go up? Did it go down? Did it get loud? Are they frustrated? You know, and we're listening to these things. And I don't know, one of the things that I think about is we don't give ourselves credit for the work that we do. And the biggest part of that is listening to understand. Mm. You know, I, I want to go back to something that Billy Joe said, because it seemed like it evoked a reaction. And again, you can't see our faces, but <laughs> I can. 
when Billy Joe said, we don't want to be wrong in our hunch. And you know what I want to say to anybody who might be listening to this podcast is take the risk to be wrong because the client will tell you if you missed it, if you didn't get it right. In a helpful and evocative way. Yes. Right. Based based on yeah. our relationship with the individual, I do. I absolutely agree, Paul. And I think that comes in with that fear or trepidation that Amy was talking about is that if based on our relationship, if we didn't hit the nail on the head metaphor, then that provides an opportunity to elicit more information from the individual for them to be able to say, well, no, it's not that. It's actually this. And we still learn so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really value making hypothesis uh, when it comes to clients. I think it's really important. Um, I was just having a discussion earlier today about the importance of hypothesizing, especially if it's like a double-sided reflection, adding you know, if you, maybe they're trying to get some change talk in there, you can make a hypothesis to see if that's something that the client is experiencing to kind of shift the conversation a bit. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to be wrong, the client will correct you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ioka, you, re you, you remind me of a story that Bill Miller told once. And, you know, yeah. there are lots of stories associated with <laughs> Bill Miller. And I'll let you all do the research to find out if this is true or not. But I like this story and it kind of proves the point mm -hmm. that and tell me if you've heard the story that Bill Miller was talking to uh, a client, a woman once. And he said to her, yeah, you know, after this conversation, he reflected, he said, yeah, you know, after this conversation, you're you're really ready to make a change. And she paused and she said, no. She said, I'm not ready to make a change. I have to make this change. What a correction. <laughs> what a correction, right? <laughs> and, and how powerful that this woman had enough rapport in that conversation that she could clarify her deep meaning that she had to make a change. Not that she was just ready. She had to make a change. Yeah. What yeah. a correction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I hope it's a true story. <laughs> we Bill Miller, invite... please write in and confirm whether this is a true story. I always invite him to write, write let us know if we're wrong. <laughs> you could always invite him to the show. We could. We could. <laughs> We could. Ioka, <laughs> you, you may be on to something there. <laughs> you know, I, I just I want to circle back to something because I I, I want to link what we've been talking about in terms of the intentional use of reflections to one of the specific tasks of motivational interviewing, which is engaging. Because let's face it, folks. And I'm thinking about, we're talking about the depth of listening. If you really want to build rapport with somebody, try and understand where they're really coming from. Mm. Listen deeply enough 
take the risk to reflect back to them. And again, like you said, Billy Joe, how that that really communicates the authenticity or the empathy or the sincerity of the collaborative partnership. To me, that's how reflections are a key tool to engage people in the MI conversation. I throw that out there as as kind yeah. of a belief that I hold. Yeah, I think I have a similar belief as Bob Paul. I think that especially when you are getting to know someone outside of their behavioral change goal, <laughs> their quote unquote problem, I think it's very important to catch on and just kind of get to know them outside of that, right? If someone mentions something about their weekend or shopping or you want to get curious about it and a, a reflection would be a great spot to just kind of pause and just kind of get to know them just a, a bit. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about, and my background is in um, substance use disorder treatment. And I train a lot of folks in that arena too, although outside of that arena as well. And when we talk with folks who are meeting with someone for the first time, they have their own tasks, which aren't the four tasks of MI. They have a task to get the confidentiality forms done and do the assessment and start asking lots of questions. And sure, they say, hey, when we're walking down the hall. Um, but at, we talk with other folks and say, how long does it take you to really listen and engage? And then what do you get out of that engagement conversation a lot more than some of those questions you're about to ask? And for me, I don't know about anybody else, it actually slows down my process of making assumptions. Mm -hmm. You're here. It's an addiction clinic. Well, obviously, you probably want to change your use of substances. Well, maybe that's not the case. Mm. Well, and Amy, one thing simplifying an example, but go ahead, Billy. Joe. Yeah. yeah, no, one thing that stood out about what you just said is that I think sometimes the assumption is that we need questions to gather information. And so at the in the engagement process, we we want to get to know someone. And I think that the idea is that we can actually gain, like you said, a significant amount of information by using reflections. And so it's not that, you know, we can only use questions in the engagement process, but actually being able to demonstrate or build that rapport based on my level of understanding by using reflections. Mm -hmm. It can be so helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you can learn a lot about someone's values or things that their interests just by offering a reflection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it, it very much relates, Ioka, to what you said before. It's not about derailing the person. It's about inviting the person to continue what it is they're revealing to you in that moment. And, and you having a deeper insight into who that person is, what's important to them, what they value. Yeah. I also think that one of the things that I often talk about, too, is sometimes it's in these um, 
engagement process that we're able to even like develop discrepancy at some point later on, right? Because like we have this knowledge or this information that they've shared as something of value, interests that we can then use that at some later point points. I always think it's really important to just kind of have those moments where we can just talk and pause a little bit. I think it's important. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I would also link the intentional use of reflections and also summaries because summaries are really a collection of reflections mm -hmm. to the importance of evoking and sort of employing the change talk. And Billy Joe, I know you kind of had a question in regard to that as, as my putting that on the agenda as something for us to talk about. So I'm wondering if if you would elaborate or or say a little bit more about that. And then Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, Paul, you had mentioned that the the pre the pre-recording meeting, um, just to kind of get our bearing and and we have this idea of some things that maybe we want to to hit on. Um, and I did find it really interesting that one of the points was this idea of employing change talk and how does that, or how, how were you envisioning it relating to our conversation about reflections and summaries? Really, really um, intently connected or, or po powerfully connected because really Change talk is the motor, the, the language that the person offers about their desire to make the change, their ability or reasons or need to make the change, or their commitment to make the change or their activation. And by using reflections, we then are increasing that person's motivation. And let me give a concrete example. Person says, well, you know, I'm considering cutting down the amount of weed that I smoke on a daily basis because I don't want to lose my job. And my boss has told me very specifically that I'm going to get fired if I'm back from lunch late one more time. And my girlfriend tells me that I'm disrespectful to her when I'm high. Now, if you think about that, the client just said that, that's change talk. I cannot tell you how many times I've listened to audio recordings where the client has offered these two gold nuggets of change talk. And the next thing the worker will say is, so what are you going to do to cut down the amount that you're smoking? Now, I, I don't mean to be critical by pointing that out, but what I want to say is, is folks, by not employing a reflection, you've just left two big gold nuggets of change talk on the table that have not been employed. And I always refer to that as, as employing the change talk. You've got to make that change talk work for the MI conversation. That's that's kind of my two gold nuggets or two cents about what I mean by employ. That's what I was chuckling about. You often say, don't leave change on the table. <laughs> right. Right. And what an opportunity for the this the counselor to mirror that back, to allow that individual to hear 
their own change talk and then grow it. Yes. um, Versus it it being about us, (laughs) us taking the conversation in a direction and missing that valuable moment that the client just gave us. You know, there's two points that uh, that are highlighted as you're all talking, especially around engagement and using reflections and around change talk, is when we start to engage someone and we use reflections in, in at the onset more than questions, oftentimes people who have been to helpers or been in a treatment scenario before, they often look at us like with a crooked brow going, what, wait. Well, you're not going to ask me a bunch of questions or you're not going to tell me what I got to do next. They're often surprised that we're listening to understand. Yeah. And I forgot the other point, but that's one of them. I'm sure <laughs> one will pop up later in the conversation where it's not relevant. <laughs> yeah. I think there's really something special to reflections. I think it's definitely, again, communicates that we're listening and offers the person, the opportunity just to kind of share as well. Mm-hmm. And that is a perfect example, like the example that I just gave, mm-hmm. where if you if you simply did a simple reflection to employ that change talk, that's just reflecting back to them. Just what's on the top and letting that sort of do its work mm-hmm. with that particular person. And I think if we want to tie that back into something that we previously discussed today, what what an awesome opportunity to build that relationship, that rapport that says, I'm not trying to push you in a direction. I'm not pushing you toward, okay, you have reason, so now what's the plan? But instead, I'm sitting with you and I'm exploring what your thoughts are about that that behavior, that change goal that you may have for yourself. And I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging you as an expert in your own life versus me telling you, mm-hmm. while other people who have had similar experiences have found these things helpful in making a change, right? So again, really building that relationship. Yeah, and leading with curiosity. Your point reminded me of my second point. Of <laughs> oftentimes- It was my intention. Thank you for leading me there. <laughs> Some people will often thank us for the idea or yes. the thought or the whatever. And it's their idea <laughs> when we reflect back their own words or maybe using a different word or going deeper with a hypothesis. They'll, oh, thanks for that. <laughs> Give us credit for it. And it's theirs. It's so funny that you'd say that, Amy, because I, I mentioned earlier before we started recording that I had had the opportunity to be involved in a three-hour part one of a two-part MI training, and I was doing this little demonstration about a particular scenario, and the participant said afterward, oh, well, you did actually motivate me because you mentioned this, and I then said to him, well, Actually, you said that, and I just repeated it back to you. I just reflected it back to you. And, you know, there are many different kinds of reflections. They all have different purposes. We've talked a little bit about complex. We've talked a little bit about simple. We've talked a little bit about double-sided, joined with an and as a way to develop discrepancy. 
Amy mentioned amplified reflections, again, that need to be used very carefully and depend a lot on rapport. But when we think about the anatomy of a reflection, we also have to think about the intention of the reflection to build rapport, to accurately communicate understanding, to employ and strengthen the person's motivation by reflecting their change talk back to them, not ours, their change talk back to them. And, you know, sometimes I think with the core skills, which Bill Miller and Stephen Rolnick didn't invent, <gasps> excellent, Billy Joe, perfectly <laughs> timed, that, and who knows, they may write in and tell us they did invent them. I don't think so, though. But it's easy to lose sight of the fact that we're using a reflection intentionally to create a particular or to guide in a particular direction. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when we mentioned that we heard Steve Rolnick say, um, trying not to be too clever and he has two other C's around being there to listen, to understand. He talks about being calm, right? How can we be reflective and listening to understand when we're not regulated ourselves and then express our compassion, our, our desire. Like, so expressing our empathy is more about suffering with or showing that compassion. I'm really curious because their fourth edition is coming out in August. If those C's are going to be in that book. Mm -hmm. He kind of told us during that conversation, because we had a brief conversation with him. He kind of told us that he was thinking of including them. Am I remembering that correctly? You are. And I'm actually very um, excited about the idea of that happening, because in the moment, though he invented the six C's, he could only remember five of them. And so for that amount of time, I have been genuinely curious as to what the missing C was. But we won't tell the rest of the world that that happened. <laughs> I I think we just did. But 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 aside but but Billy Joe, I love the fact that you were curious. I created a hypothesis of of what the sixth missing C was. And it's so interesting because I sent an email to Steve <laughs> with my hypothesis. Mm hmm. And let me just say, he did not respond. Oh, <laughs> the mystery still is there. Right, continues. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The sound effects on this episode are amazing. Well, we are, we are breaking new territory by having two guests at this particular point. We're doing quite a few new things this episode. Oh, speaking of which... Speaking of which, Amy, would yes. you like to introduce the next new thing that we're doing? Yeah. So we thought, Billy Joe and Ioka and listeners, assuming there's a few out there. And me too. And Paul too. You already know. Oh, okay. <laughs> that we wanted to do like a role play so that listeners can listen in. And we're going to target it around our topic. So today's topic is simple and complex reflections. We actually will have this script available for you on the website where you found 
lions, tigers, bears, am I? So if you wanted to take a look at the script before you listened in, you can pause now. Beep. <laughs> Beeping is the plot. I love this. <laughs> well, Billy Joe asked for sound effects. I love it. Onomatopoeia, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a look at the script and pause and um, listen in for and identify simple or complex reflections. And then when we're done with our scenario, we'll have some more discussion a little bit about what you heard. Absolutely. Do you have anything more to add to that, Paul? Uh, only also that we're going to play the scenario out for you. And then we're going to look specifically at what the worker said in the scenario, the written scenario. And if you don't want to hear what we have to say about what the worker said before you've looked at it yourself, beep, you can stop the recording and you can have your own thoughts about it. And then if you want to listen to what we have to say, you can unbeep and listen to the rest of the recording and you'll hear what we said about what the worker did. And remember, this particular episode of the podcast is focusing on reflections, simple and complex. Okay. So having said that, Ioka has graciously volunteered to be the worker in this scenario. Amy has graciously volunteered to be John. And Billy Joe has graciously agreed not to be <laughs> one of the characters in the scenario. <laughs> so I just wanted to be clear about that. That's and, accurate. Yeah, thank you. So, so my function at this particular point will be to share my screen with Ioka and Amy so they can see the scenario and they will read it out to all of us. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what the worker said. And I'll just throw out before I share the scenario with Amy and Ioka that one of the reasons we're doing this, folks, is MI is a practice that requires practice and reflection. And we can actually develop our skills at reflection by looking at scenarios, by listening to audio recordings, and by focusing on our own practice, because we can actually refine and deepen our abilities to effectively and intentionally reflect. So before I bring the uh, scenario document up for Ioka and Amy to see, Billy Joe, Amy, Ioka, is there anything you'd like to say or anything you'd like to add before we do that or any sound effect you'd like to make before we do that? <laughs> I was going to say, this might be your last chance to pause. <laughs> ah. Beep. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll okay. Be waiting for my award in the mail. Excellent. Oh, all right. I just <laughs> I hope everybody heard what Ioka just said. She will be waiting for her award in the mail. <laughs> Excellent. All right. I'm licking the postage now for that award. 
<laughs> Excellent. I think you're going to need a few stamps for that Grammy. I imagine it's a little bit heavier than a forever stamp. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Ioka, Amy, whenever you'd like to begin. All right. Hi, John. Come on in. It's good to see you. Please take a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Welcome to my office, such as it is. Tiny, right? Well, let's just say it's, it's good. I'm five foot eight and I have limited wingspan. That's good. Limited wingspan. I'm going to remember that for the future. Royalties? <laughs> no, the first one's on the house. It's hard to know where to start. Uh, you know, I, I actually came here on my own. My, my wife didn't make me come and the court didn't stipulate counseling either. You're here because this is what you want. And now that you're in this tiny limited wingspan room, now what? Well, I've never been to counseling before. Lord knows time has come to do something. There's a lot at stake. This time, uh, she almost left. She almost left with the girls. And honestly, I don't know why she didn't. Almost losing the girls got you here. Yeah, if I lost them, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there'd be much reason to go on. The girls are your whole life. And they're a reason to go on. Yeah, my my daughters, Mariah and Heidi, Heidi, they're the they're the best part of my life. Don't get me wrong, I I love their mother. She's just she's been on my back a lot these last few years. She accuses me of breaking up our family and and being MIA. I'm I'm really sick and tired of being told I'm missing in action. I work hard to keep a roof over our heads, you know, and and food on the table, and you know, I'm a lot. I'm I'm around a lot more than Vern was for me and my sister and brother. You know, Vern, Vernon is my dad. He, he He's still knocking back 60 plus and he, he's, he and my mom are still together. Yeah, you're working hard, being responsible and providing for Mariah, Heidi and their mom. You're trying to understand why your wife keeps accusing you of being missing in action. <laughs> yeah. Why are you never home? Why are you always hanging out with your friends? All you do is want to work, work, work. She's a broken record. You would like more harmony in your home. Excellent. Thank you both so much. That's the conclusion of our brief scenario. And again, we are going to talk about that now. So if you would prefer to look at the scenario and look at what the worker said prior to hearing our conversation about it, beep. <laughs> you can stop the recording now and, and return and and then return if you'd like to <laughs> but please come back but we are we are going to now look at the scenario together and talk through what the worker is doing in the conversation with what the worker is saying so i'm going to share my screen again for all of us to see and go to the top of the scenario. And this first line that the worker has here, and I'll just read it out loud. Hi, John, come in. 
It's good to see you. Please take a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Welcome to my office, such as it is. Tiny, right? So, Amy, Ioka, Billy Joe, any thoughts about what the worker is doing with this particular, and we often use the term utterance, what the worker is saying is referred to as an utterance. So any thoughts about the intention or the purpose of this particular utterance? I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is that idea of engagement. How can how can the counselor right out of the gate create a space uh, figuratively, right? Tiny office uh, and metaphorically, how can we create a space that feels safe for, for someone coming in? Um, and I think that that's what Ioka was portraying in her Grammy nominated version <laughs> of of the scene here is how can we make this individual feel comfortable yeah i also like that there's like an acknowledgement of uh, maybe the office being small right like let's address the elephant in the room welcome to my really small space <laughs> safe space perhaps <laughs> i mm -hmm. like that <laughs> i know when i was list you know responding as john and I noticed the little tiny, right? Like it was a little sense of humor. And when I was listening and, and being that person, listening and being invited in, it actually eased a little bit of my angst. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Amy. And I have to say, um, and I agree with Billy Joe's uh, hypothesis about the award, the forthcoming award, <laughs> is that um, I, I feel like what Ioka portrayed really effectively was that um, she was a real person and she was simply going to have a real conversation. And to me, that's the embodiment of MI spirit. From the, the moment the counselor opens their mouth, they have the opportunity to position themselves as a collaborative partner. And I, I was not left, at least with that first utterance that the client, the worker said, I was not left in any way that Ioka was saying, well, hello, welcome. I'm the expert. I'm here to fix your problem. She's like, you know, welcome. Come on in. It's tiny. I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I and I think that that was an intentional choice for this counselor. I want to put this person at ease. Uh -huh. So John replies, well, let's just say it's good I'm 5'8", and I have a limited wingspan. So uh, clearly, I think the client gets the spirit of, mm -hmm. the, of the foundation. Playfulness. Mm -hmm. yes, yes, that there, there is a playfulness. And then the counselor says, uh, that's good, limited wingspan. I'm going to remember that for, the, for future use royalties <laughs> so again the clot the the worker has not said so what brings you here what's your uh -huh. problem what's uh -huh. uh, i i'm curious any other thoughts about this second utterance of the worker i really enjoy that the repeating of the word like um the wingspan i really enjoyed 
that. That one actually made me chuckle because I haven't heard that expression in a while. <laughs> and I think if we're drawing it into our conversation about reflections, that sometimes using the language or the word choices of the individuals can help us to provide those accurate reflections back to the individual using their language um, in a simple and or complex way. I, th I think my gut wanted to say like same language, simple. I'm not adding anything. And in reality, I could use their language and still have a complex reflection. So I, I scaled that back and wanted to correct myself. Mm. Yeah. And my thought about it was it, it hmm, that's it's nice that we're still going along with like that kind of comfortable small talk if you will mm -hmm. without diving in really deep because i could say that as john i obviously showed up with a problem mm. and i'm waiting for it so mm -hmm. i don't feel rushed and i feel welcome mm. i'd actually like to make a bold statement here and i'm curious as to what your thoughts are about this about this particular utterance because I, it's my hunch and i own it please, <laughs> please please correct me if i'm wrong but it's my hunch that the worker is also saying this and i i connected to what billy joe said about reflection and using the client's language i think the worker is saying this also to build rapport because basically what the worker is saying is i hear you john so that's my bold statement i i i wonder what your thoughts or your reactions are to that and feel free to write in if you have any either but with the, <laughs> with the people who are here at the moment i'm wondering if you have any thoughts or reactions to what i'm framing and i'm sticking to it as a bold statement <laughs> Yeah, I co-signed that bold statement. <laughs> I knew that you were the right guest to be on here. <laughs> might I inquire, and you're free to pass, but might I inquire why you co-sign that bold statement? Yeah, I think it's what it, I think it's really important to mirror the client's speech and then do it in a way that provides them with the a comfort, right? Again, there's still like uh, Amy was saying, there's still a playfulness. There's a relaxing, there's a come here, put your bags down kind of feel that's that's coming from this uh, reflection um, and the question. Mm. Well, and there's something that's also hitting me with this idea of using the language, the individual's language that I don't know, in some way, maybe implies that I'm acknowledging that they're the expert, right? Like limited wingspan, like, yes, that's that's the right choice of words in this moment. Um, but in some way, really acknowledging, giving them the control of the space and saying, you're, you're even dictating how we're going to communicate today. And I'm just kind of walking right along with it. Mm, wow. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Maybe that's my bold statement. I like it. I, I co-sign your bold statement. <laughs> and, you know, Billy Joe, I can't help but be reminded of something you said prior to us hitting the record button is that we're not in any way saying that these are the only responses that the counselor could give mm -hmm. because 
the counselor could have responded differently here and it wouldn't have necessarily been more right or more wrong or or either so i just want to underline that we're not saying like when you're talking to john <laughs> you you know what i mean we're not we're not in any way trying to prescribe how or what you should be reflecting and i really also am appreciating the depth at which we're looking at what the utterance could mean to John. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, Amy, <laughs> any, Amy, AKA John, any, any thought about what your, what your reaction is to the, the counselor's utterance at this particular point? Yeah, they, I think it's, it's worth underscoring that, you know, I'm nervous because I know I'm coming here for something that's mm -hmm. problematic. And I feel, I do feel engaged. So the bold, or I feel the rapport build, build that you're using humor, Ioka slash counselor. <laughs> One thing that I'll add, and while you were talking about the coming alongside, I'm also thinking that there's some subtlety here around the, I'm going to remember that for future use royalties. It was playful. And I'm thinking about the subtlety of feeling like I have something to offer, mm. even though it was playful and that we are now starting to even formulate a partnership in humor. Mm. I'm playing with you. You're playing back with me. And now you actually liked the term I used. And it made me feel a little good, even though I know we're playing. Mm. Yeah. That's my bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you co-sign that bold statement, say beep now. Beep. beep. <laughs> and hopefully you felt you could do that at home if you co-signed. <laughs> or wherever you may be listening. I could see people driving in their car going beep. Excellent. I, I think we could also invite them to actually use their horn in if they are in their car. Right. If, if you're dry, if you're driving in your car and you co-sign that statement, please beep your horn now. Honk honk. <laughs> Academy Award for sound effects. Excellent. So so John says, no, nah, the first one's on the house. And then it, he goes silent. Yeah, as as John, I know that we have to somehow get down to business. And I'm, you know, feeling, okay, I'm connected. I don't know what made me pause, but I'm like, oh, I, part of me feels comfortable. And the other part of me feels uncomfortable, like I want to run and leave because I'm nervous. And I know I'm about ready to get vulnerable about stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the counselor clearly creates space for that moment. And again, beautifully demonstrated, but creates space for that moment and says, it's no, it's, it's hard to know how to start. Now, to my mind, I have an idea of what kind of reflection I think that is. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to zip my lip because I'm curious as to what other people's thoughts are about what kind of reflection that is. Mm. I think it's complex. And I think it's complex because um, 
I think the counselor is picking up on John's silence, picking up on John's hesitation to, like Amy said, like get down to business. And I think she's adding a little bit there, creating some space mm. for John to, um, out, like, yeah, holding up a mirror to John's experience mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that. It's it's like we're we're not always just mirroring what someone's saying. We're mirroring the body language, the discomfort. And that's a really empathic statement too. Like, gosh, it's hard to know where to begin. Mm-hmm. So I, I vote too, Ioka, that that's a complex reflection because I didn't say anything about starting. <laughs> you also didn't say anything about it being hard. Right. Yeah. What was that, Ioka? Said hypothesis. Yes. <laughs> yes. Say it out loud. Hypothesis. Hypothesis. <laughs> we got onomatopoeia words and singing coming now. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a whole new okay. world. Yeah, yes. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Finishing yeah. the sentence. That's a complex reflection. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what it does is to go back to this idea that we talked about, the the desire to want to be right, this creates a space for John to either agree, right, with what the counselor is acknowledging, like, this is difficult. And he could also simply say, no, I, I know where I need to start. Mm. And then dive into what brought him to the counselor. So I think that that reflection of what was what the silence meant was a way to evoke a lot of really valuable information, whether the counselor was right or wrong. You know, given that you said that, Billy Joe, I'm wondering if I could invite you if if you would read John's next line and 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 you can by all means you can say pass or beep or whatever you want to say but, you want to just say honk honk right whatever works for you but the but the reason i want to invite you to do that is because of what you just said and what and i love what you just said because it it really exemplifies the power of a hypothesis in the moment and the fruit that that hypothesis can bear. Mm-hmm. So if if you're open to it, Billy Joe, I'd like to invite you to read what John said. I, I, I will read it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my anxiety came across. I'm probably not winning a Grammy for that one, but we'll see. <laughs> So John's response is, I came here on my own. My wife didn't make me, and the court didn't stipulate counseling either. All I can say to that is, wow. (laughs) Wow. You might be the only one, Paul. Am I the only one saying that? No, 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 no. (laughs) Are you you co-signing that? I'm co-signing. There's an opportunity to turn that wow into a reflection. (laughs) (laughs) A teachable moment. (laughs) One of my MI mentors would say, you know. (laughs) I think I know who you're talking about. 
you use a lot of idiosyncratic words. And you have an opportunity to turn that wow into a reflection. <laughs> well, I'm trying look, not to do his French accent. <laughs> I understand. And you're 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 succeeding. Um, <laughs> so so what I want to I want to clarify why I'm saying wow. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying wow is because think about it, folks, the power of reflections. This worker offers a hunch based on the nonverbal communication, based on the tone of voice, based on the stopping of the dialogue. And all of a sudden, from that, we find out what we just found out. And I think that's where, as practitioners, maybe we need to give ourselves some credit is that when we're in the space, we're hearing the words and we're sensing the things that aren't said. We're noticing the the length of the pause, the maybe the lack of eye contact. All of these things are maybe you know coming together to help us create that hypothesis of this is a really difficult moment for this individual, and then to offer it up to to say like I get it. Yeah. 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 It also seemed like a really nice launching pad for John as well. The reflection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An invitation yes. for John to finish the sentence. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, our listeners have this transcript to look at and to comment and to talk to each other about. And I'm, and I'm just curious as a way of kind of bringing our conversation about reflections, complex and simple. I'm wondering, you know, what you're taking away from our engagement in this conversation. I think what I'm taking away is that reflections aren't just what we use when we hear change talk. I'm taking away that reflections are the thing that can be used from very beginning. It can be used during engagement. I think that's something that I'm kind of like re, I just feel like I took that tool out on you guys, help me polish it off a little bit. <laughs> just that reminder, just, hey, like reflections are not only for change talk, reflections can be used throughout. Mm -hmm. getting to know the client. Thank you for adding that, Ioka, because you you just identified something that we didn't necessarily make overt, but I'm sure that people who listen to the scenario got it. There's no identified behavioral change goal yet. We're in the task of engagement in this conversation. So thank you for adding that. Thank you. <laughs> I think to build off of it and look at how I can use reflections intentionally, both simple and complex, in order to gather information and that I don't necessarily have to use questions to do it. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing that stands out to me is 
I guess this level of humility that when I watch other people and listen to other people, it has helped me over the years to validate that maybe I would have chosen a different reflection and it wouldn't be bad. And it's helpful for me to understand that maybe if I knew this person better or had already built a rapport, I might be intentionally using different types of reflections. So it really helps me to discern, I think, the in, the notion of intentionality and that we all might be playing in the band and we all have different styles. Yeah. And ultimately, I think in order to be effective at the evidence-based practice of motivational interviewing, you have to bring your authenticity to it. And, you know, Amy's talking to John. I know she was John, but she's she might be talking to John at some point. And she's going to hear things differently than if Billy Joe is talking to John. And that doesn't mean that MI is not happening. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other. It simply means that if you bring your authenticity to the moment and your goal is to understand, to build rapport, take the risk to offer your hypothesis and be open to being guided into greater understanding of what the person meant. I am so thankful that we had this conversation about reflections because honestly, to me, and I could be the only person thinking this, I think reflections are one of the most difficult and thrilling tools to use when practicing motivational interviewing because they do require your level of your depth of listening and your willingness to take a risk to go out on a limb. Yeah. I'd like to co-sign that. <laughs> if you'd like to co-sign that, please honk your horn now. <laughs> honk, honk, honk. <laughs> well. Thank you both for joining us. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope the listeners did it well. I did as well. I trust that um, maybe we'll get some energy around what folks think about simple and complex reflections. And if if you find the scenario, having the written scenario as a useful tool to reflect and maybe, uh, again, I, I have to say this conversation has been so enjoyable. Ioka, thank you so much for your your premiere appearance <laughs> on Lions, Tigers, and Bears. And, <laughs> and Billy Joe Smith, thank you so much for your third, let me underline. That's your, right. She's your got a hat th trick. Your third, three <laughs> times a guest. Oh, gosh. I, I had to work that in. Um, who sings it? We have to do this. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. Who does, sing, who does sing that? Billy Joe and I had a conversation about this band one time in a training because we talk about our generational differences. Okay. <laughs> I probably just listened to respond then. Not to <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And it is a choice to listen to understand, isn't it? Yes. Well, we'll just leave that as a cliffhanger. Maybe <laughs> that's right. But I do want to underline, thank you so much for everything you brought to this conversation. What a pleasure. And I, I look forward to 
having some feedback from our listeners. And I hope that we'll get to be in future conversations on this podcast together. Amy, any final thoughts or any final words? Oh, that was the Commodores, by the way. Ah, but Paul right. singing the Commodores. But that's so it. much for a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> well, they hung for about 30 seconds, I think. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> that was a pleasure. Thank you both, Ioka and Billy Joe, for joining us. And Thank any any me. oh, of course. Any final any final comments, Billy Joe, Ioka? Anything else you'd like to add? No, I just want to mirror thank you for having for having me, for having us, uh, for having this conversation today. I think it was really helpful. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of value in this conversation about reflections as well. Thank you. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to episode 19 of Lions and Tigers and Bears MI. Be on the lookout for new episodes on teaching MI, evoking simple and complex affirmations, focusing and listening to understand coming out in the near future. Cassette Podcast Network. This podcast has been brought to you by the Cassatt Podcast Network, located within the Center for the Application of Substance Abuse Technologies at the University of Nevada, Reno. For more podcasts, information, and resources, visit cassatt.org.